Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Filipino American Ministry Podcast. My name is Aaron. I'm with my co-host Henrik. If you like this podcast, make sure to rate it five stars. Henrik. Yes. Welcome, everyone. Uh, today we'll be talking about our young adult ministry. Uh, we'll be talking about how we started it and the lessons we learned from it. Yeah. Things that we did well. And uh, I think this is relevant because um, there's there's either there's not many Filipino American churches with young adult ministries, or if they are, they do have them. They're still navigating it. It's new territory. So hopefully, we can provide some insight or some experiential knowledge to help them as they navigate that. Mm-hmm. And for those Filipino churches that don't have any young adult ministry, but they have young adults. Hopefully, this can be an encouragement for them to start. So, Aaron, can you? So, Aaron is the one who started the young adult ministry at our church, the the last one. And so, I think there's some things we can learn from that, from what happened there. So, can you share about your story, uh, like how you started it, and what was your reasoning when you started it? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so uh, the young adult ministry started uh, when most of us were moving into college and I just noticed man that like a lot of people were either leaving and not coming back or um, they're not coming back because like uh, they can't find a place they could fit in like the the next generation after us were really young so they're like really young youth and I think at that time like we didn't even have a youth pastor um so really there's no ministries for the second generation at that time um so it was kind of like at that point where it was if i was uh, second gen it would be really easy to leave Mm. Uh, and so for me in my mind i just i i didn't want that to happen i didn't want my friends to leave i didn't want um you know, people my age to just leave and because there's nothing for us there. So mm. that's kind of like how it started. Um, okay. uh, I I had a mentor at that time and I was just like, hey, can you help me? I'm, I want to start a Bible study and so he helped me a little bit. So yeah, I just started there and uh, it was me and like four girls. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember it. First Bible study. Yeah, I think I saw photos of it. When, you weren't uh, even there yet, I don't think. I don't know if I invited you guys, but nobody came. None of the guys came, maybe. <laughs> um, I think I was, um, I think you talked to me when you were starting it, but then uh, I was leading my own group in um, College Park, so in college. I think we were meeting at the same time, so mm. I couldn't go for my campus ministry. Oh, I see, I see. But then when I when my <laughs> campus ministry ended, I... I started attending again, or I started attending your group. Yeah, I and I think like it, it was this time where that uh, Asian Exodus, or like young, uh, like the Silent young, Exodus. Yeah, the Silent Exodus was kind of popularized because it's not just in our church, oh, yeah, like yeah. across the board on all like Asian American churches, you mm. see uh, young adults leaving the church Mm -hmm. yeah and also i think our our church was small so i think that 
if it's a small church, it makes it easier to leave. Yeah, when you're yeah, older. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I don't think I set out to uh, to save the young adults or whatever. I just wanted like a something. Yeah. That um, uh, could sort of uh, focus on and uh, minister to people like me. Mm-hmm. That's all kind of wanted. And I still remember. I really do remember, um, like specific people who were leaving that I messaged them like, Hey, why are you leaving? Like I was trying to convince them to stay, but they didn't, uh, you know, so yeah, maybe that's, I don't, I don't exactly remember, but maybe that's part of the drive of like, Oh man, I really felt like people were leaving at least like who were in my life. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really sad. Yeah. Yeah, we had a we had a big youth group. I think. Um, yeah, we think yeah. we had about like forty or sometimes we go to fifty at one time. Yeah, yeah, and that's it was big a, for a Filipino American church. Yeah, for a Filipino American church, that's pretty. It was pretty big. I remember. Yeah, every Saturday it was a, a ton of people. Yeah, even people who don't attend our church were going there. Yeah, um, and it was so. Yeah, it was kind of sad to see them all leave. Or. Yeah, to see them leaving slowly. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so can you talk about um, now that we talked about like the the reasoning behind it? Uh, so let's talk about the what does it look like. So um, can you share like uh, what did it look like when you started, and what did it look like when you ended? Okay, or when you uh, left? When you left? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then I can pick up and talk about what it looked like when you left. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so again, like I said earlier, uh, when it started, it was really just me and four girls, four other girls. And, um, man, I still remember the first lesson. Do you remember? I, I don't know if I've ever told you, but my first uh, lesson, Bible study, I thought it was really smart of me to start a Bible study in the book of Romans. <laughs> <laughs> and you know I wasn't experienced at all I wasn't like a, an experienced uh, yeah, Bible, you know, Bible teacher or whatever Bible so I was like oh yeah let's do a romance so that first uh, Bible study I could still remember man like uh, I'm talking and like everybody's yawning <laughs> <laughs> it's like come on get it over with <laughs> yeah. so uh I definitely did not even finish that first lesson because it was like so hard. Oh, what? You didn't finish? I mean, I didn't really like, I mean, we had, didn't go through the, we had a Bible study. Yeah. But I don't think I actually like, uh, can remember my train of thought. Like I lost it so many times. It was, it was that bad, but it was also (laughs) like a hard book, you know, for like, I feel like I was such a beginner that it was such a difficult book to start with, the Book of Romans. Yeah. So thankfully, um, uh, you know, my mentor was there. He's like, no, 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 no. Start with the Book of John. When you're done with the Book of John, do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of helpful. John is also like pretty difficult, I think, to cover like uh, thoroughly. But Romans was much harder, I think. So yeah. we eventually like s- skipped Romans. But, uh, you know, that's kind of like the beginning part is really a lot of uh, like me not knowing what I was doing. Mm. 
you know, it's not like I had, a, I had like a, a really good plan. I mean, I'm thankful I had a mentor who was kind of helping me out at that mm-hmm. point. I remember um, preparing for Bible study and uh, I would always call him. You know, I would call him like at the, like at the day off Bible study. I was like, okay, here, here here's what I got. And then I would, I'd tell him my, you know, my, my, my main points or something like that and just share with him and then like is this okay because <laughs> i really like didn't know what i was doing you know and um uh which caused me to pray a lot and um, that praying a lot is i think um the biggest factor in in helping the group um grow a little bit mm. so anyways fast forward to like a couple years later um, by the time I was leaving, uh, going to seminary, there's about like four, uh, four different groups meeting in four different cities uh, mm. in Maryland when I left, I think, if I remember right. Yeah, I think uh, I was leading one and Kuya John was leading one and you were leading one and then Ata Esther was leading the other one. Yeah, so you, John, and... Esther and um and you you, oh, had yeah, your own, you, you had you were late meeting in Rockville I think mm. yeah yeah that's a short story <laughs> hmm. I think I want you also to talk about like how you made it grow or like um like how did you start from those four girls to how did it expand I guess yeah. Okay. So uh, maybe I can just talk a little bit about some of the highlights that I remember. I'm pretty sure there's a lot that I don't remember. Like, I wish I I kept a journal. You know, that's one of the things I wish I did. Like, I wish I kept a journal of um of what I did during those years because you know, just looking back and I'm like, oh man, what did I do? Like, how did it grow? <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, from what I remember, again, um, number one is prayer. I remember like preparing and having this feeling of, man, I'm not ready. Um, there's so much I need to know, like I'm not prepared. So I, I, I it drove me to study a lot like crazy. And I would listen to like sermons and podcasts of sermons <laughs> at my work. Uh, all day you know just to get ready like if we had a topic i would just kind of like uh listen to everything i can get my hands on like every sermon that's been done on that topic every background history whatever because i i didn't have those um the skills to do those you know yeah um i guess the skill i had was like (laughs) uh i was uh well, I had a job that allowed me to listen in on my, uh, you know, uh, if I had an earphone on or a headphone on, and mm-hmm. they were okay with it. So that kind of helped because I was just like listening all day. Yeah, I remember to, that. To like preachers. Um, but yeah, this really drove me to pray a lot. Like, just remember uh, so many days where I'm like, oh man, today's the Bible study day, uh, Bible study later. Now it would just be like, 
you know what? Uh, it's enough of me like listening, studying. I gotta go pray. Like I would pray for like half an hour or 20 minutes, just like, oh, Lord, help me. I don't know. <laughs> like I need help on this one. Like, uh, mm. yeah, without your help, uh, it's not gonna go anywhere or something like that. You know, I remember my prayer has always been, and up till now, my prayer is always like, use me mightily, you know, mm. with the context of me thinking like, ah, oh, I'm so like, I'm so weak. I don't know what I'm doing. So yeah. use me mightily, like guide me because <laughs> I yeah, could but... mess this up really bad. And then definitely there was some fear of me like teaching the wrong thing. Oh yeah. You know, I don't want to like teach the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and also, um, you know, I don't think my leadership skills were um, developed as much. I guess like, even now, I'm still I'm still working on it. But you know, it's it's a skill that you develop. Also, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember when I first joined the the youth group. Uh, yeah, I was pretty I was pretty shy, you know, and um, uh, it, it took a while for that to. To develop also mm-hmm. so that's the first thing is prayer uh, i did a lot of that um that i think helped a little bit is um we used some curriculum that was more participative in a sense because um so for a while i did the bible study thing i think and that worked i think that that, that worked really well too so that helped me develop my skills um and then we use some curriculum that was more participative. I guess like we, we switched it up too. But, um, I think using that curriculum kind of taught me, uh, to, uh, make it more participative in a sense. Are you know, talking about the gospel centered? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, 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 that one. Life. Okay. Yeah. So that was a good topic. Also it was very, re- uh, very, uh, it really hit us, I think, re- really relevant to our group. But at the same time, it's kind of taught me like um, some, uh, you know, some other Bible study method or, or like, yeah, Bible study methods that could be useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then food. So <laughs> uh, one of the, I think one of the things that uh, I was sort of uh, skilled at even from the beginning is like organization. So okay. that kind of helped is to figure out how we could run efficiently. So mm-hmm. even from the beginning, I was like already looking for people who could help me. So it wasn't just me, you know, cause I, I realized like I'm spending all this time preparing for the lesson and studying and like, I'm, I'm not good at thinking of what food to bring or whatever, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah. Or like, uh, you know, figuring out all the other things. Like I, I was just mainly focused on the primary thing of teaching and studying. So yeah. even from the beginning, I already tried to figure out, okay, like, you know, we got ride problems. Some of the young adults don't have cars or they don't drive. So mm. we got to figure out who's driving. They're coming from different cities. So I got, we tried to figure that out. And then, okay, we got to have food. You know, we're still Filipinos, even though we're second gen. <laughs> so we like tried to assign people right from the get go. Like, okay, you, you know, tried to recruit people. Actually, I still have uh, uh, one of the letters that we sent out to somebody who I wanted to be like part of the team, tried some um, managing our uh, uh, 
I think at that time, um, I don't remember what we called it, but it was the person who was in charge of figuring out our, our, uh, outdoor, not out, not just outdoor, but mainly outdoor activities for the purpose of drawing us closer together, you know, having activities that we could do together, like hiking or like, you know, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like once a month, at least once a month. So. So like fellowship activities? Yeah, fellowship, but not 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 like fellowship. Like, oh, what do you do before the Bible study? But like, it's not, re- you know, not Bible study at all. It's just like activities that we could do. So the guys, uh, the uh, I figured out that the guys like bas- basketball. So we did that a lot, like every week. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't remember. I think you remember that, right? We played basketball a lot. Yeah, Especially yeah, when the, the weather was good. But yeah. the girls weren't there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had to figure out, and I had to figure out. Uh, I had assigned somebody to like figure out something that we could do together. So uh, one yeah. of those like hiking, and then like if there's like a Valentine's event, she she would also kind of figure that out. Those kind of things. Yeah, we also did um, water boat, uh, yeah, white, yeah, yeah, white water yeah. rafting or something. Yeah, yeah. I forgot what it was. Yeah, yeah. So and then we also I mean, went to DC. When uh, cherry blossoms were, were there, mm-hmm. and we went, we went after. Uh, church. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah, we did a we did a lot of stuff. Like um, there were a lot of times we just went to um, someone's house, like mm-hmm. um, Tita Hermes' house, or um, yeah, when we would just hang out. Yeah. Um, sometimes we would go to like uh, uh, we I think we went to like when it was someone's birthday, we would go to Rockville and go to one of the like um. I remember for at the Tina's birthday we went to Taratai in um in mm-hmm. Rockville. Oh yeah. So, yeah. So I think that like to draw from that, I think one of the things that was important for us was fellowship mm-hmm. outside of Bible study. Like not just That's right. doing Bible study, but um yeah, also but, fellowship. Yeah, but even that it had to be like organized in a way that it's kinda useful. Because um uh, I think I remember at the time we were having like a lot of new people. We had new friends. Um, what's her name again? The, the ones that worked at the hotels. Joyce. Yeah, Joyce and her friend. So I had like, we had to figure out like, okay, how do we pick them up? How do we do activities that would connect us? Oh yeah. So that's the other thing too, right? Like we always had this problem of like, well, how do you make uh, the... <laughs> The fobs and the second gen Filipinos to hang out together. Like, what do you do so yeah, that they yeah. hang out together? Because if we just like go to a place, you know, if we just sit at a restaurant, it's like sometimes they don't talk you when you're just starting out. You know, it's like they say hi, and then after five minutes, like they don't know what else to say. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was one of the the things I wanted to talk about. How did you connect the first and second generation? So. For, I think uh, for the listeners, I think uh, it was under Aaron's leadership that I saw first gen and second gen people in the same age group fellowshipping. I think that's the only place I've seen it. I mean, I, I haven't gone to many <laughs> Filipino American churches, but in our history, that was the only time I've ever seen it where like even me, I'm a second gen, but I made close relationships with first generation, first generation Filipino Americans who were around the same age. So can you talk about that too? How did you get them to hang out and what were the key decisions you made to foster that? 
um, yeah, I, I think uh, doing those activities that um, like like the hiking, those kind of things, or the 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 water rafting, you know, yeah. activities like those that help help them to interact. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one, and then just plan, just actually uh, talking about it, you know, opening it up, like, oh, you know, we need to do this. How do we? Uh, you know, talking about it with a group. Um, what was good was that, like, in the leadership structure of the young adults, was we had first gen and second gen. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, we, so, had, um, we had uh, leaders who were, um, yeah, mix. And then yes. you, you were the the main leader, and you were uh, one point five. So I think I think what I what I observed was. Um, when we were together, when we would hang out, like you could, um, you could make jokes with the first gen, and but then you could also make jokes with us. So you were kind of like the bridge, the bridge, yeah. Or you, it's more like the second gen joked about me, but <laughs> <laughs> no, because I remember there was times when like uh, Jerome and um, Atester and you and Joyce, mm-hmm. you guys would make your own jokes, and then. Like me and Kuyajan would wouldn't understand, I think, and then but then you would like tell us or you would explain to us, and then we would all laugh uh, together because you were our connect. I guess because we're close with you, and then you're also developing a close bond with them. So, mm-hmm. um, like for example, I think one thing I would like to highlight was, and when we went to DC, that was my first time going to DC with first gen Filipino Americans. It was me, you, and Nathan. And then we went with Ate, Ate Mylene and Ate Esther. I think that was the time that I was able to talk with Ate Mylene on a in more depth. That was the way that I could get to know the the first gen Filipino Americans closer. Yeah. Uh, so I think with the connecting those two different generations, it's just creating uh scenarios where you would have to interact you know it's kind of weird going to dc riding the train and at least at that point you didn't have you weren't like staring we weren't staring down on our screens it's just like you gotta talk (laughs) yeah because i was thinking about this i was like like uh, like years later i was thinking if if um if aaron wasn't here um it would be i would feel kind of awkward going to dc with them um but since aaron was there um, I think your presence, and also I think at Esther, um, to an mm-hmm. extent, also because she's also very friendly. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, I guess having leaders who are who are like one point five, um, they can help bridge uh, or they can help create those fellowship opportunities. Because I think you know, that was a spontaneous um, event. So I think you guys, um, when you guys decided to go to DC. Um, like I was willing to go because uh, I knew you and Atester, and then um, yeah, I think Atemailin went because she knew Atester. So yeah. when we when we have that commonality, when you have someone who are common friends with, and then we go to DC, then I'm able to interact with Atemailin on a different in a different uh, context and get to know her better. So I mm. think that's I think that's where 1.5 is can act as a bridge or a catalyst or a key to that um that bridge yeah but i also would like to say that even if you're not 1.5 i think 
just the fact that we wanted it. You know, we saw the problem and we wanted to do something oh, okay. about it. Yeah, the awareness. You know, you know, awareness, and we were talking about it, and we we're trying to figure out how, how okay, how do we do this? You know, how do we connect? Um, yeah, the the, the different um, groups. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. I think I would like also also like to add like um, it doesn't have to be a one point five gen, like you yeah. said, um, because I, I've seen uh, I've seen relationships um, between um, us and first gen, other first gen. Like when you left, there was another person who came to our church who was first gen and i think what what united us was um i mean of course it's the bible so i think um i think that's also key like um when first generation uh first generation filipino americans and second generation filipino americans are um yeah are firm in their faith or they're they yeah they really um take their faith seriously then they can bond over that. So I think that was, um, so it doesn't have to be 1.5 gen, but what I've, I've seen, I just wanted to point yeah. out a, another instance in our church's history yeah. uh, where we were able to bond because we like listened to the same preachers. We also had the same convictions. And then when we, we, we shared those convictions and shared our um, viewpoints, then that's how we were able to bond also. Yeah. Well, also like, I think if you have a young adults ministry, um, if if uh, part of your vision is connecting the two groups, then it will some in in some way it would happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so I think that's um, that's a good start to like how first generation and second generation Filipino Americans of the same age can bond. I also want to talk about how what did we do in the young adult ministry to bridge between um, the older generation and the the younger <coughs> generation. So the first generation Filipino Americans who are like uh, boomers, and how did we bridge between them and the first gens who are millennials? How did we? How did that? Or the second gen who are millennials? How did we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think part of it again uh, behind all of what I'm saying is uh, prayer. Right? Mm. There was a mm. lot of prayer happening, but. Um, some of the specific things that happened that helped us, I think. I mean, it depends on your ministry. But again, I'm just looking into ways where, okay, I, like, you know, we had this um, disconnect between the second gen, the yodels, and then the older generation. Like, how do we bridge it? How do we, how do we connect them? And so just looking at this, just, I mean, I'm just thinking like, okay, how, how what can we do? Um, I think part of it is uh, uh, we did some talking with uh, with the older uh, the, with the adults, the older people, and uh, I remember I pastor and I would would connect and I would just share with him like what's going on with the young adults that kind of thing. Did you initiate um, that or did he? Didn't initiate I don't remember. But, but I know you, that you, there was a conversation. Okay. Right? But it, it was it was um regular, right? Regular meetings. Uh whenever we see each other. Yeah, and then and then they did include me in their meetings. Okay. At, at least towards the end, like, you know, when it was already growing, it's like so it was growing, 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 and then you can see that there's this disconnect and so we're trying to figure out how to connect it. So I was kind of part of the leadership team. So I would join their meetings. So I, I do a little bit of update. 
the second the the other thing that uh, I remember that we tried to implement is so first we were trying to figure out how we can get mentors right? like how can we get, how can we be mentored and mm-hmm. uh, that didn't really work out <laughs> so okay there's got to be a, another another thing we could do and so it came actually through a problem that we had the problem we had was that like we didn't have money to buy food so mm-hmm. we had to figure out okay how can we feed <coughs> ourselves we don't have money and we're meeting regularly <laughs> you know mm-hmm. so um you know we look at the filipino church and we're like, okay you know what they like uh, filipinos like to cook food they like to host so we're like okay what if we ask the adults to host our bible studies because we didn't always have a place for bible studies right yeah yeah we host our bible studies and they cook for us so we we wouldn't ask them though, right? We wouldn't ask them to cook for us. No, the just the host. We but just I think that's kind of like that's kind of like fight. part of it. Yeah, part of it is like there's gonna be food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was conversation of food too. It wasn't just like a, you know let's just be quiet and then hopefully they'll cook food for us. Uh, <laughs> I think part of that is like the conversation. Okay, what do you guys need? How can I serve you guys? So wait, who would ask know, that? The adults would ask you that. Yeah, the adults would ask that. So, okay. uh, on the one hand, it's, it's, it's really uh, us trying to like, we, we ask for help, right? Okay. Yeah. Mentorship's not going to work. Okay. They don't have time for it. That's okay. But we do, we do, uh, uh, or maybe they, they feel like they're not prepared for it or they're not skilled for mentorship, but we do need somebody to host us. So, you know, hosting, that's very uh, natural for Filipinos, at least for a lot of Filipinos. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, yeah, we'll host you. So we just kind of scheduled it. And that, um, I remember that that move really bonded us with, uh, some of, at least some of the, uh, adults. Because when we do the Bible studies, they're there, they're listening, they're taking part of it. Yeah. And, and, um, there's this regularity of interaction. Yeah. 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 Um, so again, you know, just think of ways that both groups could interact. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, when we had those Bible studies at their, at their houses. Um, like w- when we would be getting food, I, there were th- during those times was when I would talk to Tito Joel or uh, Tito Bernadette or Tito Hermie, like yeah, during yeah, the food time, like when they're right, eating. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, then questions. the, yeah, that, well, it's not, yeah, we would ask them questions, but also they would ask us questions. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that was really key. Like invite, like um, having our Bible study and also like, um, we also don't have our own apartments or like our own houses. We, we all lived with our parents, so we don't really have a place to stay or we don't really have a place to host, um, other than like a public place, which you did. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you did meet in Starbucks and I also met in Starbucks at at one point, but I think having those, um, those meetings with the adults in their houses, uh, was really key for helping and bridging the, the gap between the first, yeah, and also I want to say too is that there was a there was no animosity between the generations, yeah. right? Um, like, no. I think um, from our side we didn't think of the adults as like an us versus them mentality. Um, mm. I think when when that creeped in or like when we started having those kinds of us versus them mentality, that kind of made the gap um, bigger and bigger, and then eventually. 
we all left. So I think that um, that mindset of not looking at them as an us versus them uh, mentality was also key for the bridging that gap. Well, I think yeah, if you just you know, I realized this in the early church, they met in homes. And part of that is that having that meal, that fellowship, that's kind of like what we're doing, what we were doing, um, going yeah, yeah. into their homes. Um, it's just creating these opportunities of relationships to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, I also wanted to add, um, I think, leader uh, serving together. Um, so I've seen the first generation ask the second generation for help, like in Awana or um, mm-hmm. in like the uh, the youth Sunday school programs. I think think that also helps with um, when they're serving together in a ministry. That helps with the relationship as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about like uh, what do we do to bridge the gap to Gen Z? Because we were. Um, millennials, right, for the most part. And so how did we bridge the gap with Gen Z? Oh, younger ones? I haven't thought about that. Oh, I got you, probably. That's how we reach out to the Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, for the listeners, when Aaron started the Young Adult Ministry, um, I was also in the youth ministry. I was a leader in the youth ministry. Oh, and yeah, that's right, that's right. So my job in the young adult ministry was to be a liaison for the youth ministry and the young adult ministry and seek ways to connect the two. So what I did was um, during the summertime, I advocated for letting the high school kids join our young adult Bible studies. So um, I think that helped like, because the um, young adults would give rides to the youth, the high school youth and bring them to our young adult Bible studies um, so I think that helped. And also I instituted a a mentorship program for the young adults and the, the high school kids. We assigned like, uh, which we all, first we asked the parents if it's okay. Um, and then we, we, we were like, um, who can, who of the young adults can mentor the, the youth. And I think that that was really, that was really good and fruitful. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess I was in the leadership of both young adult and, youth ministry, um, I was able to, to help that. Um, but I think that one of the keys is, um, getting the millennials to mentor the Gen Z, like, because I think, um, millennials have something to offer, or at least during our time period, millennial second gens have something to offer to the, um, the Gen Z who are second gen, um, that they're not getting from, uh, Hmm. that they don't, I guess that they don't get from their parents, of course, parents are the primary disciple makers of their children. Um, but I think as a supplement or a yeah, a supplement to that is, and also to encourage millennials to, to make disciples and also mentor the next generation. I encourage the millennials to mentor the, the Gen Z. Mm. Yeah. I was just going to say earlier, I remember taking Mackie to Mackie. He was such a little kid back then. Now he's like, I remember taking him to Guitar Center. He was so happy. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, just taking, yeah, just taking them out was really key. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we kind of touched on this. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this next topic, but could you 
point out anything distinctly Filipino American about our ministry? Is there like, um, are there any cultural ways of worship, fellowship, doing church, or anything that we can say that it was distinctly Filipino American about it? Uh, the food. <laughs> the the we, food, yeah. It, we didn't have finger foods. We had like real food. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. We don't want that fake food. <laughs> we want the real food. <laughs> we got real food, man. <laughs> uh, you know, so we got the we got them cooking good food for us. And that's part of the reasons a lot of the uh, a lot of the guys went to Bible study too. Or in the beginning, at least. I remember many instances where we even cooked our own food. It was kind of like a family. Like we would go to, like I think Esther and Kay would go to H Mart, buy um, vegetables and meat, and then we would come back. And then um, even in my in my house, like uh, Esther knew our house because she's close with my mom. So she would know where to find all the utensils. She knew my kitchen better than me. <laughs> Um, so she would know where to find all the, the cooking material and then they would cook it and then we would eat it together. And then, um, yeah, yeah, I think no, I do remember again, like, I think even that was like, okay, what's an activity that we could do together? Eat. Could cook. Yeah. Oh, cook, not just yeah. eat, you know, <laughs> like, okay, come together and cook, do something together. Yeah. So I think, you know, just looking back, we did a lot of that. Like we did a lot of. Um, activities where um, like we could all grow together but I we also did um, focus heavily on like like we were focusing heavily on going deep with our Bible study mm. you know we're going deep with our faith it wasn't just like oh we're just gonna have fellowship we're gonna hang out it wasn't like a social club or anything like that I mean, we had yeah. like deep discussions. I mean, we even had debates at certain points in our Bible studies, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So that's part of that too. I think, you know, part of the growth was like, I, you know, I like as a young adult, I was searching for depth. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, I didn't want the chubby bunnies and I didn't want those <laughs> anymore, you know. Yeah. I wanted something that was like deeper. Mm-hmm. I wanted to grow and so we definitely had a lot. Of, we had we had those, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially during our Bible study, we had a lot of um, deep insight. Like people would um, share a lot, and I would learn learn also. Um, and I think that also encouraged me to invite people. Like mm-hmm. when I saw that the Bible study was really going into the Bible, and <clears throat> it was um, gospel centered. We can talk yeah. about that a different episode. Um, mm-hmm. But when when yeah when when there was depth to the Bible study, I was more inclined to invite uh, mm-hmm. people to it. Um, yeah, yeah, because I think like the model that we were left with with our with our youth was like, let's get together, let's play games, and then they're gonna feed us like pizza or some food, and <laughs> then you know we'll have like some short Bible study from a book. Yeah. And um, that could have, that might have worked when you were younger, but like as young adults, you know, we are in this crossroads of like, okay, there's got to be more to church than like just this. 
Yeah, just hanging yeah, out. So, yeah. I mean, we did, we talked a lot about having food. Yes, we did have good food and real food. But I think part of it is also like we had this intentionality of our desire to go deep and we pursued it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's another, I think that's key for uh, young adult ministry in the Filipino American church. Yeah. So we had depth in our uh, Bible studies and, and then we had depth in trying to go deep in our relationships with one another. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think um, we can move on to, um, so what could we have done better and what lessons did we learn from the experience? Yeah. Um, so uh, I think one of the main reasons why I I left or I went to seminary was I really thought that I needed training, which I, which I did. Um, but um, I think if there, there's, uh, I wish, I wish that I had uh, like an older Filipino American guy um, mentor me, but there's no one, nobody to be found. To do you mean that. like a, a second gen? Yeah, like a second gen who has kind of done this ministry. Or not even second gen, or even if it's 1.5, or even like first gen. But just somebody who's kind of like guiding. But again, I think, you know, young adults, second gen, that's um, at, at least at that point in our church, in our context, in our place, they really see that a lot. Mm. Yeah. Mentorship from the older generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or like a big group of young adults, Filipino-Americans. Mm. At least in a, in our context, and it might be different in other places. So I wish, like, you know, I ha- we had that kind of mentor who knew specifically that kind of ministry, because I always felt like we were going into unknown territories, right? Like, um, uh, I still remember reading a lot on, like, okay, how, like, what kind of like strategy strategies should I do so to grow? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I remember reading, um, uh, gosh, what's that church, that mega church in California? Rick, Rick Warren's. Warren's Saddleback? Yeah. Yeah. Saddleback. I, was try- I remember reading like, okay, there's strategies and trying to implement it in ours, which obviously like some work, but you cannot import like a strategy that worked in one context in a you know different group. Mm-hmm. And so the principles could work, but like the specifics... Uh, it doesn't always work, you know, because it's yeah. just a different place, different context. That mm-hmm. one. And then I think the main reason uh, that uh, eventually the young adults, um, the young adults um, dissolved after, I think. I mean, you could tell me later if I'm wrong because you were there for a while when I left. But I think the main reason why is the lack of uh, leadership development mm, of the um, the young adults yeah so lack of leadership development mm. um, we're supposed should have been doing leadership development from the get-go right when we started so we had uh, we had uh, strategies and methodologies that relied solely on on one person one or a few people you know, mm-hmm. so like when you take me out or when you take someone else out, the group is gone. 
because the strategy is kind of dependent on one person. Yeah. I thank you all for listening to our podcast. Uh, we'll talk about more about these, um, their, our young adult ministry, the, the lessons that we learned. And uh, yeah, peace.